Our dear friend Marilyn passed on. And yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, like as you as you do, you reflect at times like this of death. And Ecclesiastes talks about it, um, saying that, you know, it's better to be at a funeral than at a party. And it's like, what's that all about? I think it's that reflective reflectiveness on your life, where you are, what you're doing, where you're going as a person sometimes. And you you often look back and reflect as you see the life of others. And for Marilyn, um, I've known her for many, many years. She was a friend of my mum. My sister used to be best friends with one of her daughters when they were teenagers and had so much to do with her over the whole of life. Now, obviously nobody's perfect, um, but the things about Marilyn that were just so impressive was that her heart was for the kingdom of God. There's no doubt about it. Like, if if you ever talk to her, her faith was very solid, very strong. She was, you know, consistent in um, her her love for the church, not just this church, but the church, any church she'd been in, she would always serve. She would be, um, you know, helping with committees, helping with building, uh, donating finances, um, just having a heart to support what was going on. Um, she was very kind to people, um, often did things that um, that went above and beyond what you do normally. I just remember, I mean, just little things that that you remember that there was a lady who needed, you know, her house certified, it hadn't been certified, and so Marilyn went in and she helped, and she got it, helped her get all the paperwork, get all the reports, all that sort of stuff. Uh, for nothing. It was just like, hey, let me help you out. And that takes a lot of effort. But there's many, many moments like that that I'd seen in her life where you wouldn't know what was happening. She was just doing stuff behind the scenes. And even here, she's on our committee, but guaranteed that people wouldn't know. She would have been serving and and doing things and just coming to church, um, talking to people, you know, uh, supporting people where she could and yet you wouldn't know who she was and that whole thing about the greatness in, in the kingdom of god is such a thing for us to reflect on you know are, are we great in the kingdom of god and i think one of the the issues or problems we have with that is that often we think that greatness is greatness <laughs> you know like if you think about if i'm great it's obviously I'm out front, I'm, you know, popular, I've got this massive vision and thing that I'm accomplishing and everyone's following me and, you know, it's grand, it's a grand plan, yet Jesus talked so very clearly about it and he said, you know what, if you want to be great, be the least. In other words, there's a lot of people that are living out their Christian life in amazing, powerful ways that you wouldn't have no idea they're living in a quiet way that, that, that just supports and loves people, that, that holds fast to the things of faith that believe for people. Like, and, and that's one of the things, you know, with Marilyn, it was always that heart for her children, for her grandchildren, for kids that are randoms, that are having trouble in life, that they should know Jesus. How successful was she in that? We will never know until the seeds bear fruit because we just don't know. (laughs) But there's no doubt she loved 
to try and get people to believe in Jesus. She would try to create the opportunity. She would try to sow into their lives so that, that, that there was this possibility that one day they might meet Jesus, that they might know him. And I have to honestly say, I've never saw that waver once, never once in her life, where that wasn't a driving force in what she did. And, you know, it's just incredible to think that we can go through life and it's a struggle, right? Would you say life's a struggle? It is. We're born and it's hard. You know, there's, it's not every day we wake up and it's pleasant. Not every day we wake up and there's no conflict. Not every day we wake up and we're not a little bit depressed or sad about the state of affairs or we wake up and our body's a little bit sore, or we've got a sickness or something like that. And, you know, part of what we do while we're spurred on is because we have this hope of eternal life in Jesus Christ. I'm going to be reading a little bit of a passage in Corinthians very shortly about that. Uh, no PowerPoint today. This is sort of like just happened, so it's, it's okay. I'll just read it out, we'll, we'll reflect on it. But it starts off talking about the resurrection and how that, that us as Christians, those who believe in Jesus Christ, have this amazing hope that the world doesn't have, that, that, that one day we will be raised again to life. And how do we know that that's true? Because Jesus was the first fruit. Jesus was raised from the dead and, and after him we're all going to follow. And, and in fact, when Paul's writing this letter, he's saying... Um, if the resurrection isn't true, if we're not being raised to life, because there are some questions, some people saying, you know, oh, there's no resurrection. They're saying, well, what's the point of even being a Christian? Because of all the things I just spoke about, that life isn't always easy. Life isn't always going to be, you know, a bed of roses. And, and so especially if we're living a life for Jesus Christ and if this is it, what's the point? He said, you may as well do what the other people say, you know, eat, drink, party on. But that's not the truth. Because, you know, the, the old saying, you eat, you sleep, you die, or eat, whatever. <laughs> eat, you live, you die. Eat, you live, you work to die. It's just like, that's the way it can be in our mind. But a Christian has this different hope that while we're here on earth, we have to be living for Jesus. And I, you know, the songs we sang this morning, I just love that. The second one in particular, that's like, all my life you've been faithful. And I've seen it time and time again when God has come in and helped me. And, and to think that at the end of my life I could sit there and look back and reflect and say, yeah, that's true. All my life you've been faithful. The psalmist wrote about it and said, you know, like I, was, I, was old, I was young but now I'm old but I look back and I'm like, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging for bread. That, that there's not just this this one moment, this snapshot of time that we look at, but, but God's got this plan to move us forward and, and to redeem us, not just in this life, but for life eternal. And to think that when we die, this is not it. If we believe in Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection and the life, that we all must come to the Father through him. That is the only way. Now, if you're, you're here today and you're a Christian, you should be celebrating the fact that you are going to live forever, but it's different to how we're living now. You know, the Bible talks about it, how there'll be no more tears, 
no more suffering, no more sorrow. Because all those things are being wiped away. There's no sin. There's, there's no horribleness to life anymore. And, and that's why it's sort of hard when, not hard, I guess, but it's just weird when you're a Christian. Like I think, you know, Marilyn's passed on, but we don't say she's gone. She's passed on to death. She's passed on to life. Life eternal. Now that is an awesome gift from our Heavenly Father to us to think that it's not just that, you know, death death is actually swallowed up in victory. That's the final enemy, death, and, and Jesus Christ has defeated it. <laughs> that, that we now have life everlasting, but it's not life like we know it, that there's this transformation that takes place that that from this world, this world that decays and degrades and our bodies that are mortal and you know, day by day they decay, yet our spirit somehow keeps getting stronger and more alive to Jesus Christ. So that beautiful day when we actually go to see him. So when Marilyn, the news of Marilyn comes through, I'm like, awesome. She's with God. She's in a place where there is no suffering, no pain, no, no sorrow. There's just this this transformation that took place and not only that she's sitting there with her husband who passed on not long ago now what i hope for the believers to think that that you know this this whole temporary thing and, and i was i was reflecting about you know for us the pain of separation it's huge isn't it i'm not just talking about death but i'm talking about with our kids you know like in my mind sometimes there's just these thoughts and in my heart, there's this aching, there's this emptiness, and I look back to when our kids were little, and they were in our house, and they were part of our life every single day, mostly good. <laughs> but they were there, they were, they were there constantly, you know, and, and we had this amazing relationship where, you know, I could actually ask them every single day, and um, how's your day? I could have fun with them, I could interact, I could play with them, I could laugh with them, I could share their joys and their sorrows. And then they leave. <laughs> How rude. <laughs> but, you know, like, I had the opportunity, you know, when, when our kids come back every now and then, and, you know, um, my daughter Michaela came back for a while and lived with us for another year, not long ago, and it was so beautiful. So beautiful. Because the relationship could be restored in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's different. They're adults and it's a beautiful relationship. But the ache that I have in my heart isn't so much that I want them to be little. I want them to be here. I want them to be part of my everyday life that I can, that I can talk with them daily and, and uh, be with them and... You know, like I said, share their excitement and their sorrow and, and all those sorts of things. But guess what, guys? We who are believers are reunited in heaven. And we've got eternity to spend with each other. But it's the best us. <laughs> it's not the, the horrible us. It's the best us where where we're living in eternity. And, and when we think about death and all those sorts of things, it's so important because it, it changes our whole perspective of what this life is. If eternity is true, which it is, 
Shouldn't we be living out this life? Not for now, but for then. We're looking for the future. Must be dribbling out my nose or something. <laughs> Doesn't look good on camera. <laughs> and may I just say, viewers, the camera adds 10 pounds as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> 20 pounds. Um, no, but there's this, this, this sense that, guys, as Christians, let me ask you this question. Do you live for eternity or do you live for now? That's a big question to ask yourself, isn't it? Because I look at someone like Marilyn and I think, <laughs> you wait for eternity and, and as we read to the very end of this, this sort of section of the chapter I'm about to read it talks about that, that our labour's not in vain guys, work for Jesus on earth, will you? Come on work for Jesus on earth give your life to him why should you? because this isn't our full life this is just the beginning of the end and I just wanted to to read this passage, which is really about the transformation that takes place for those of us who die in Jesus Christ. Just to, to just say, you know, guys, this is awesome. We get to be transformed, changed, our bodies changed. And, and just so that we can, can hear what actually happens to us once we pass on to life everlasting. So, yeah. How about I read that out? So looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you've got your Bibles, just turn there. If you've got it on your phone, feel free to open it up. Don't get sidetracked. <laughs> you know that happens, all right. And I want to talk about the resurrection body because what is it like when we're raised to life, guys? We should be very happy about this. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 35. But someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? What a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put in the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you're planting. Then God gives it the new body he wants it to have. A different plant grows from each kind of seed. Similarly, there are different kinds of flesh, one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. The sun has one kind of glory, while the moon and stars have another kind. And even the stars differ from each other in their glory. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They were buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. The scripture tells us the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that is, Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body, then the spiritual body comes later. 
Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like earthly man, and heavenly people are like heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die. We will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through the Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. So what are we seeing here? We're seeing that, guys, when we die, there's this transformation that takes place with us when we're raised to life. Now, in there, you'll see that passage, the part of the passage that talks about how, you know, I'll, I'll tell you the mystery, the dead in Christ shall rise first and then those of us who are alive will be caught up to meet them. Does that mean that when we die, we're, we're in this limbo for a long time? No, it doesn't. But there is this transition from this earthly body into a spiritual body that takes place. Why? Because what is here on earth cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Paul wrote that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So it's not like this, this time period where we're just a nowhere and a nobody in limbo for a while. But it seems that, that the body, the actual earthly body, is transformed somehow when Jesus Christ returns and takes us with him, the ones who are alive, if he came today, but also the dead in Christ rising, that they somehow receive a different body that day. So whether we're a spirit, when we're there with, with God, um, with some sort of other temporal spiritual body until we receive the other, I don't know. But I do know this, that whatever we are living in now is mortal. It's ready to die. It's ready to go. And you know that's true. But life, when we, we get it from Jesus Christ, is this transformation into a spiritual body. It's not the same. And so when people ask that question, you know, well, what happens to our body? He's saying, don't worry about it. What you're living in now, the earth suit that you're in, is temporal. It's, it's, it's decaying. It's dying. But... The new body that you're going to receive is something that is immortal, that lives forever. What will we look like? We don't know. There will have to be some recognition. Jesus came back, but, but we know that the new body was sort of like you could eat and drink, but at the same time, you could walk through walls. It was a different sort of body, but it was, it was a spiritual body. And this is something that is so good for us to know and understand that because, you know what, some of us on earth today wake up with pain. We wake up with some suffering in our life. We, we wake up, our body's not great. But when we live forever, things are changing, that, that, that we actually receive this different body and, and we're not in pain, we're not sick. 
but we are living forever with Jesus Christ. There's this eternal life that comes. It's, it's like when it talks about the body, what, what does it actually say? The body is buried in weakness, buried in brokenness, but it will be raised to glory. Buried in weakness, but will be raised in strength. Buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. We go from a natural to a supernatural body. And the reason that that can happen is because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. He is the first fruit. And what, what Paul was saying here is, you guys think about it, this body that we're in right now, it gets buried. Like a seed, it gets buried. And like a, a grain of wheat that gets buried, when it comes out of the ground, it is not just a grain of wheat. It is a plant. It is something full of life. It is something beautiful. And that is what is going to happen to us when we die. And so we find ourselves as Christians in this funny place where, where someone dies and we're really, really sad. Why are we sad? Because that separation takes hold of our heart and we remember that person. We remember what they meant to us. They remember the good things about them. We remember how they made us laugh or how they made us cry or, or, or what they did for us. And I've got to tell you, many times I've been at a funeral that, that is not, not someone I knew very well personally. And then you see the pictures and then you hear the stories. And my heart even aches then. I'm like... I should have known that person. <laughs> they are awesome. But whatever we are on earth, whatever we are on earth, we are going to be so much better in heaven. And the thing is that because of what Jesus Christ has done, that forgiveness of sin, that, that making whole, that making new again, everything that we are now, that sin, the power is totally broken actually in death because we're raised to this new life incorrupted by sin not struggling any longer against sin and it's absolutely true that those who are in jesus christ can honestly and truly rest in peace rest in peace all of a sudden we are taken from this earth and we're united with our Heavenly Father. I love how the Bible says that when He comes back and we are caught up together with Him forever to be with the Lord. What a joy for a Christian. But you see, when we die, we, we cease our struggle against sin. Even those of us who are saved right now, there's times when you're like, oh, I, I, I just, I'm not perfect. But the joy of our salvation is this, that Jesus, the perfect one, died for those of us who were imperfect. And it's through his blood and his sacrifice that I enter in to eternity, not my own. Does that mean I don't get transformed while I'm on earth? Of course you do. You start to walk in eternal life from the day you were born again, not the day you die. Eternal life begins at the day of your salvation. And that is why transformation begins to take place because as, as, a, as a person trapped in sin, not knowing the, the Heavenly Father, the power of the Holy Spirit has not yet begun to transform you. But the moment you are saved, if you give yourself over to his will, 
a transformation begins to take place on earth and it's as though part of heaven drifts down and settles in our heart. And the stain of sin is washed out of our life. And our mind can be transformed by the word of God as we seek after him. And it's important for us to know that eternal life starts again when we're saved because it's, it changes where we live. The Bible talks about how we are now citizens of heaven, not of earth, that, that actually our identity is no longer wrapped up in what is around us, but it's wrapped up there where we truly belong and live. So with Marilyn, I look and I'm like, You finished that race, Marilyn. You finished it. <laughs> and hopefully, I oh know, she will hear the words of Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy. Enter into your rest. And I'd hope that, that that whole picture of eternity captures our hearts because so many of us live for now, don't we? So many of us are caught up in what's on today. What's my worldly ambition? What's my worldly hope? But without the hope of heaven, this, this life makes zero sense at all, does it? You live, you work, you die. <laughs> Christian, you don't do that. You live, you labour for Jesus Christ, you live again. What a blessing it is. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you so much that your love for us has never, ever failed. We thank you, Lord God, that we have been given this opportunity to live from now but lord when we enter eternity we will have this different body we will be filled with the life of jesus christ thank you lord that you will not leave us in the grave but father we are raised again to new life in you i just pray father god that each one of us father god would know you deeply and lord we would make a commitment to live for eternity because nothing that we do for the Lord Jesus Christ is without value or useless. I pray, Father God, that we would just have this different mindset, this different heart to please you in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, it may be that you're listening this morning and you're not really even sure that you'll be going to be with God because you've never received Jesus as your saviour. I just want to give this opportunity for you to pray uh, with me and, and just invite him into your life, because Jesus is the only way. There is no other. It is through him. If that's you this morning, just you pray with me and ask him in, and then what you need to do is talk with your friend you came with, your family member you came with, or if you have come just because you came in, I'll be at the front after the service. Just come and chat with me and say, I've invited Jesus into my life. And that's just the start of that journey. 
that's you, just pray now and we'll ask Jesus into your life. Father God, I'm so sorry that I've, I've not been part of the life you have for me. I've been living without you, God. But this morning, I want that gift of eternal life. I want salvation through Jesus. I thank you that he died for me on the cross. I thank you that he rose again from the dead so that I might also be raised to life. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life today. From this day on, I just want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.